As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. I'm joined today by two former Irish elite champions, uh, one has one has 10 championships and one has the one to his name. Uh, but stellar careers in, in the amateur scene. And we're going to look ahead. We're going to discuss the uh, the Irish Elite Championships, the Magic Tournament, uh, which is hopefully going to be restored to its former glory this year. So it gave us some of the great nights and it's still the number one night on the Irish boxing calendar. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Kenneth Egan and Jason Quigley. Hi, lads. Good morning, Kev. Good morning, lad. How's it for? Uh, not too bad, fellas. Are you keeping well? Average. <laughs> Average. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. Yeah. Jason, I believe you're just back from overseas. Yeah, the nice uh, nice wee break away there. Uh, it's always great to get away <laughs> this time of year. Mm. Up here in the hills of Donegal, man. It'd be brave and cold in one day. Uh, just hope, <laughs> I hope it doesn't soften me up too much. <laughs> <laughs> it just dawned on me, lads, as you join me on the call, that Kenneth, your, uh, your last elite championships was 10 years ago. And Jason, that's the year you first won it after a couple of attempts. So uh, you kind of, you didn't overlap too much. Would you have known each other much back in the day when you're competing? Obviously, Jason spent a couple of years in the high performance. I'm sure you knew each other fairly well back then. Oh, definitely. Yeah, sure. He was away below me as well when I was 81 um, and we had some great spars together. I remember coming to the end of my career, he was up there. He was up there regular. He was a regular participant on the high performance. He was flying uh, and he was definitely up and coming at the time. Um, Everyone was talking about Jason Quigley at middleweight and, you know, he was going to be the next champion you know and I do remember sharing uh, uh, the high performance boxing ring with him um, some great spars with him by, by the way remember his father was standing hanging over the ropes already watching everything and <laughs> egging him on to, to to beat up the old man you know Kenny Egan <laughs> but uh, well we had some great spars and then for him to go on and win the senior title was great um, you know it was the ice on the cake and then obviously then to go on and, and, and turn pro and obviously you know he was doing what he was doing but um, there was always talent there and even when he won the seniors then we went abroad and and the medals he was winning as well. You know, he wasn't just a, a flash in the pan, Kev. He was, he was the real deal. Jason, um, 
you had a you had a right few goals at it. Like you were expected to, you know, a lot of people would have expected you to win one, but you had to enter a couple of times in order to get to the uh, to to get to finally win it. So you've been on, you know, underage champion, under twenty three champion, won medals abroad, youth and youth and European gold medals, weren't they? And uh, and then, uh, but you kept coming up against uh, some of the same old foes in the finals. Yeah, you know, it was. Um... I think that's what made one that even even more sweeter. Do you know what I mean? Was all those uh, those knockbacks through the years, but um, just you know, there what, what Kenny was saying. Like we we had some unbelievable times. Like it's you know you go and win what you won and you get what you get. But it's it's the crack and it's the fun that you had throughout the years of training camps and you know the highs and the lows of everything that was that was so good. And uh, as Kenny says there, you know like. Kenny was somebody that any young fella came on to the to the Irish senior team was somebody to look up to. You know, um, Kenny was the man that that led the way for for so long. Do you know what I mean? And it was coming near the end, I suppose, when Kenny was just on, a, on his last couple of years in the in the amateur in the amateur scene in the Irish setup. You know, I think that's when I was probably around him the most. And you know he just couldn't have, couldn't have been more helpful and couldn't have been more. Uh, Kenny was, was Kenny was the lad that would put the arm around the shoulder and you know come on let's get her done and let's get the but do it all in a good way you know with a bit of crack and a bit of fun and and, a, and in a great environment. So I was very lucky to to have Kenny there you know through those years because you know as a young kid coming on the team, it's not a football team like it, it is more of an individual team. You know you're coming up and you're fighting for your place, but to to have to have somebody like Kenny that has that has established his authority there for years and to be to be in that relationship with him was was top class. Like you know what I mean? It really really helped me and really helped me fit in and and gel into the team as well. But um, yeah, it was there was there was many's a many's a setback through the years with uh, my my good old foe Darren O'Neill. Um, it's it's actually funny, like because my auntie called me up the last day and she says, Jason, you'll never guess what I'm after finding. And this is literally like between Christmas and New Year. She goes, I was cleaning up the house and I found the DVD of your 2013 national championships. And I have like I don't ever remember watching it after the, the championships or anything like that there. So I've never watched it before. And I swear to God, we we, we sat down, we, we boiled the kettle and we sat down and uh, we stuck it on. We, firstly, we had to find a DVD player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. That's, that's how quick time's moving. And Kenny, you're chatting, me and chatting about feeling old and stuff like that. Like, Jesus, back when I won the seniors, it was DVDs and that's not even a thing no more. So um, we, had to, we had to find a DVD player, got it anyway. But you remember the voice, Kenny, in the stadium? Like the I can't remember his name, but the lad. Harry, Harry, Harry McGavock. Harry as soon as you, as soon as you hear that voice, like right away, you started getting the butterflies in your belly, <laughs> and, you know, just all that kind of carry on. And uh, yes, yeah, so I watched that back, like, and it was it was surreal, like you know, to watch it back because I never watched it back before, and then realizing it was ten years ago. Uh, this February, I think it might be. Um, but you know, the seniors is, is a massive thing, and it, it was uh, it was Darren O'Neill, of course. You know that that took me a long time to to overcome that hurdle. 
but you know i gotta thank the man as well for those setbacks that he gave me because it really forged me into the the fighter that i was and the fighter that i am today like so and also uh the year as well that darren had already qualified for the olympics so i had to step down and wait um so I yeah no we, we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that because yeah, there's a lot of fighters yeah, yeah, moving yeah. weights this year and we but uh, we'll get to the weight changing in a minute but uh kenny is there any VHS copies surviving of your first uh, elite title, elite final. Oh, jeez, it'd be black and white now at this stage. <laughs> um, no, you don't know, dust I, on it. <laughs> I remember, like you know, and the seniors are a great night. You know, it is a, on the calendar. It's 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 where everyone recognises amateur boxing in Ireland for for the one night. You know, the finals in particular. You know, and it is the gateway then to to to, to further ambition. You know, team selection for Irish squads, Europeans, multi nations, world championships, wherever it is. But you need to be getting in there and winning your senior title and, and putting your little flag in the ground and saying, I'm number one now. You know, and it, it, it's great to, to 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 have been part of that right back as far as 2001. And I do remember before senior title, you know, and, and it was the underdog going in there and, um, you know, a little skinny middleweight from from the arsehole in Aylestown coming into the senior championships and, and, you know, obviously doing the business. But I always remember the senior finals night right throughout the years. It's, you know, it's a full house, great environment, great atmosphere. And it's it's people from local clubs all over the country fighting each other to try and be number one in the country, and that's what it's about, you know. And I I never pulled out of a senior championships for any reason. I I feel that every amateur that wants to go abroad and, and represent their country needs to be number one in the country, and you need to enter these senior championships to fight and to show that you are number one. Um, I think that that really needs to be um cemented down. I think that you know to let people know that you know to go off and represent your country as number one you need to be number one in your country full stop um, and I think it's important that people recognise that Kenneth your first one was was fairly poignant like Jason you'd won uh, titles all the way up along you know true you know, you'd lost a few finals you'd won a few like for junior uh, intermediate and stuff like that but it was fairly poignant wasn't it because you lost your coach and the, the dream was to get a senior title for Nielsen and your brother had come close hadn't he uh, but then Noel, Noel Humson passed away mm. close to the date and you were like uh, probably thrown into a bit of disarray at the time my eldest brother had got to a senior final, Willie, twice. He got beaten by Neil Sinclair. Um, and Willie always said to me, he was one hard puncher. He, he hurt Willie in the ring, you know. But I remember watching him in the stadium, get beaten in two finals. So when I was coming up, I was junior level at this stage. I was tipping away. And, and I remember entering the seniors. Um, in the, I think it was the, the December or the November that Noel passed away. The seniors were on the January or February. So it was devastating. It really was. I had already won the juniors and the intermediates at this stage. I was going for the treble. And, uh, you know, kind of a lost soul for a period of time, to be honest with you, Kev, because he was by me side right from the age of eight, you know. Um, but lucky enough, you know, we had good coaches in the club, the likes of Jerry Fleming and that, that just, I suppose, guided me onto that senior title. But I was learning a lot because I was in little training camps throughout the years, junior camps and stuff with different coaches. So I was fairly talented back then to a degree. I felt I was good enough to win a senior title. Now, I wasn't shouting from the rooftops. But going in there under the radar, Colonel Carmichael was the favourite, six foot five or something, eight, or seventy five kilo at the time. He was massive. Kevin Walsh obviously, obviously was the was that was uh, he was the reigning senior champion. So to go on and beat the two of them in the one seniors uh, was special, you know, and bring that title back to Neilstown, the first one. We're, we were going twenty odd years at the time, so it was really special to bring the first senior title back to Neilstown Boxing Club. What age? What age were you? I was nineteen. 19. 19 were only forced and you know to go on then and I think the first one was hard but to, to defend it a second time that's when it gets really sticky you know because you're expected to win it and 
you know, but then the one then to win it the second time then. And after that, then I went quiet for a few years. There was no one really in the way, to be honest with you. People were going up and down, heavyweight or middleweight. Mm. I moved up myself and then light like heavyweight, then I dominated for a good while. So look, it's a nice little... Uh, pop, pop quiz for you, Kenneth, there. Do you remember? The, there, exactly, yeah. You're right, consecutive. You're, I think you forgot the word consecutive there as well. Consecutive, in a row. Put that in pipe and smoke it. But do you remember the other winners? Do you remember the other winners from 2001? Would you be able to name a few of them? It was a good James, I was middleweight. Ian Timms was there. The Reynolds brothers, Stephen and Alan, maybe could have yeah. been there. There was Liam Cunningham. There was Paul McCluskey. No, no, not Paul. But Liam Cunningham, Damien McKenna, John Paul Kinsley, Darren Campbell. I remember them all. There's a photo of us that was Fine, taken. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. Because we got ready for the World Championships that year in Belfast. We were down in Limerick at a training camp. And uh, that was a bit of crack, you know? So that was the start of it. But the Brits were over for that one, weren't they? David Hay was there in Carl Froch, believe it or not. I sparred Carl Froch um, in the first day he got here. And I always remember him him being terrible strong. He was I was 19. He was about 24, I think, at the time. He, he had that man strength. But we sparred. And he gave me a bad cut over my eye. Four spars. So I had to go off. Thank God we had Jerry Story down there with us because... He, you know, him being the pro uh, manager, he brought me off to a room and he glued me eye back together. So uh, that got that fixed fairly quick. But I remember Carl Frost being very strong back then. And he went on to win a bronze in the wars that year. David Hay won the silver. And they both went pro then straight after that competition. Lads, you, you kind of, I'd say, grew up as young men with different aims in boxing. But like it all, it all mattered. It mattered to both of you that you won an elite championships. Like Jason, you've spoken before since you've turned professional about, you know, the dream for you was to win a WBC world world title in the professionals. And Kenneth, for you, it was winning the Olympics and came ever so close. But like, Jason, how, how important was it to to win, to become champion of Ireland, I guess, for as part of the journey? Like, I guess you're not going to realise the ultimate dream without, you know, without making the steps along the way. Yeah, look, I'm just really echoing there what, what, what Kenny said. Like, there was nothing and there shouldn't be nothing more important in the calendar year than winning your Irish senior title. Like, you know, it, it stamps the authority, especially now the way the talent and the, the ability and the name now that Ireland have in amateur boxing. Like, we're right up there now in the top five in the world, maybe top three in Europe. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're, we're one of the number one countries in the world. And to win an Irish senior title, like you're going to have to beat European medalists, bronze medalists, maybe world champions, Olympic champions. Like that's how high a quality now that the Irish senior champions is. And I think, you know, around that period between, I suppose, Beijing, um, London and Rio, I think that was kind of really like, for me, in a way, that was like the golden era. Like you had so many Olympians, Olympic medalists, you know, in the national championships. Like getting to a national final was was something else. Like, you know, doing the parade in the ring, you know, going over, shaking hands with the opponent, doing everything like that there, you know, the TV there on RTE. It was it was a fantastic night, like, and it was a fantastic achievement to become a national senior champion or elite champion now, as they call it. But I definitely, um, when you become that champion, like it's not just becoming the champion. It's a, as, as, as Kenny says, you're, you're sticking that flag and you're stamping your authority and you're deserving and owning that right to be Ireland's number one and to go and represent 
European Worlds, Olympics, qualifiers, everything like that. It definitely was an an unbelievable achievement. Um, in the year two thousand thirteen, when I won it, like as Kenny says, there the the first year you won it, Kenny, you beat the two big dogs to win it, like, and and that's what makes it so special. Mm. And I had four fights in my first uh, my my seniors that I won. And I think the first fight I boxed Chris Blaney, and then Spot on. Yep. I boxed uh, Darren O'Neill, Conrad Cummings, Roy Sheehan. Like anybody, like would have would have probably picked any of those to win it. That's you a good resume. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, brilliant. To go and to be on that side of the draw and to take to take them all out um, was, you know, as it says, you know, it made that victory even more special. And you didn't avoid nobody. You took them all out. And obviously, Darren was the man that I, that I wanted to ask. Like, you know, he's the boy that stopped me for years from, from getting that achievement. That I think was two, two finals on RTE that he beat me in. And it was always his man strength, his experience, everything like that, that was that was just getting the better of me. Um, but yeah, won that that year and, and beating who I beat <laughs> made it even more special. Like, Did you ever, did you start to think, uh, Jason, that it wasn't going to happen for you because your first one is uh, 2010 and uh, you, you beat some great fighters there. You beat like Luke Keeler. We've seen what he's gone on to achieve in the professional ranks. Eamon O'Kane, what a great amateur career he had. Fought absolutely everybody, won the European medal himself. You know, but you lost the final to O'Neill uh, 2011. Beat Keeler and Chris Blaney again, but lost to, lost to O'Neill again. Uh, 2012, dropped to 69 to try and squeeze in for the Olympics. And I think in 20. Was it 2011? You won the Irish uh, Elite Open competition as well. So to prove to prove you're kind of like among the best on the island, but Darren O'Neill got the nod for the World Championships. Did you start? Were you starting to think I'm never going to make it just to the? I'm, I'm never going to make it just to number one. I'll always have to be there or thereabouts or like ever the bridesmaid. Um. Yeah. Of course. You know. After like the first week or two after the after the defeat, yeah. you know that's the way you're thinking. You're like. Okay, everything's everything's loaded. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like box six. You know what I mean. But um, you know, I I think I was I was very lucky, as I was saying earlier. You know, being in the the high performance setup, like you know, I was always I was always there in the high performance setup. And you know, once I made that breakthrough, I think it was after I won the European gold under eighteens. Um. I was always up in the national high performance team and I was always the number two to Darren. So I was still getting my trips away to the multi-nation tournaments. And, you know, you never really wish bad, but if Darren ever got injured, I was ready to step into European championships and Darren's hands were bad. You know, he was, you know, he's a hard hitting man and he always had a few problems with his hands. So, like, I'm not going to lie, I was hoping that he would hurt his hand and that I would get the nod to go to European World Championships or Olympic qualifiers. I was always on that touching distance. But um, that's what probably kept me going, you know, being in the mix with these lads and sparring them day in, day out and knowing that I can hold my own if not get the better of these lads. That's what kept me going. Whereas if I'd have lost my senior final way back to Donegal and just back trained in your local club, then your mindset's a little bit different. You're not in that environment. You're not challenging yourself every day against the best fighters in, in Ireland and in the world and in Europe. So I think the key for me really was 
I suppose you, you do have to give it to yourself a wee bit as well and your your determination and your discipline that, that you hold yourself and the belief that you have in yourself. But being in that environment of the high performance, being around all the lads, having the crack, getting in there, you know, giving it your absolute all week in, week out, that's what probably kept me that bit of belief inside me that I can go on and do that because you're inspiring them. You know you're touch, touching distance away from it. You know you can get the better of these lads. And it was only a matter of time. And I knew I was young. I was on the way up. So I had all that on my side. Lads, a question for both of you. What's, uh, in, in the years you've been going to the Elite Senior Championships, the finals or the semis or whatever it is, the entire tournament, what's the most shocking moment you've seen at the tournament? I know what mine is. Go ahead there, Kenny. Shocking moment? Yeah. Does anything just stand out to you, I think? Jesus, even all these years later, or it could have been last, you know, it could have been recent. Uh, it could I, have been at the start. I always remember um, Sutcliffe knocking out John Joe Joyce. Ah, you took me on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, well, here's a better one for you. When Joyce beat Sutcliffe, did he? Not the that not. year. Yes. The, the, the following year, yeah, for the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he knocked him out. That's right. He did knock him out. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, the public crowd went were very, were very oh. hot style. Very hostile, I must admit. The crumbling gang were... Yeah, went Joyce, Joyce went to the Olympics in 2008 and lost to the eventual uh, champion by That's count really back. And uh, yeah, uh, Felix Diaz, wasn't it? And yes, uh, he lost yes. him by, by count back. Performed absolutely brilliant. And yes. uh, I'm sure he's a great teammate out there, Kenneth, as well. And he beat his... Uh, he his beat the great Hungarian. Hungarian, yeah. Gaiula, Kate, uh, yeah. whatever absolutely. you pronounce him. But then the following year, he comes in as the Olympian and Philip Sutcliffe Jr. from, from Crumlin. Well, knocked yeah. him out and the place went absolutely bananas I think we have the same answer there Jason for sure I still you still the hair stand up on your neck thinking of it unfortunately you know Joyce was on the other end of it but he you know he had a lot of success in his career as well anything stand out for you Kenneth that just well, think that to to the answer, it's probably more of a personal one and I, like I always remember before senior title it was great uh, and like I mentioned I went quiet for a while but you know to walk out to a stacked stadium when I was fighting Joe Ward on those three occasions like it wouldn't have got a, it wouldn't have got another another can of beans into that into that uh, stadium, the attraction and the you know of that those three finals. Now I know I lost all three. That's fair enough. But what good competition can do? You know the uh, the 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 interest in those fights in that national stadium was phenomenal. It really was, and to be part of that was something special. All three of the finals. You know that you wouldn't get an empty seat no matter how. And I believe the queue outside the door was massive as well in all three. So. I think that was great to be part of that kind of a... I know it was coming to the end of me tether at the time and I was, you know, moving on, but it was great to be part of that that trilogy, um, even though we won the three, but the, 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 the interest. And when I retired in the ring, if you remember, there was young kids there that would have never seen me win before senior title that were sitting there and people that were there when I won before senior title. So it was a nice time to, to actually pull the plug on it. Ten years this year, Kenneth, do you miss it? Do you miss taking part in the electric uh, atmosphere of Elise uh, and the like I, I will miss when I'm down there on finals night. You know, it'll, it'll come bring back memories because you know it's been great. Boxing's been great for me. You know, I really have the the career I've had and the enjoyment and the traveling and the meeting different people. Well, senior finals night is always special, and to be there and to win it as many times as, as I have, you know, and stand on that podium and collect that medal, it's always a special night. Um, but I, yeah, you know, I am human. I do miss the boxing as well sometimes. You know, I miss. I still get in. I, I do a little bit on the bag and flute about a little bit, but you know. I, I had a good run at it um, and really enjoyed my career. A great career, long career. Um, but I, I look forward to getting down there now with the finals and, and enjoying the boxing. 
I think when people think back to the, they want to restore the elite championships to its former glories. The, the first name on people's lips is often Egan Ward, you know, that trilogy, that, uh, <laughs> especially that first one, maybe and the second one, it was like, it was it a fluke, you know, can, can Egan turn it around yeah, yeah. and almost it, it was uh, yeah, absolutely magic. And, and like you say, I remember the, the alleys, the, the, you know, the corners, all the angles, just full of people, nearly falling off the balconies watching it. Um, <laughs> but the middleweight saga there for a couple of years as well between Jason, Jason Quigley, Darren O'Neill. And then just on the tail end of it came Michael O'Reilly. And there had been great middleweights yeah. before them as well. Uh, even yourself, you were a, a champion, but, you know, Andy Lee was thrown in there. And Darren Sutherland had his years on top yeah. as well. That middleweight run. And then some of, the, some of the fights in welterweight as well, Jason, you tried to get involved in them. And I want to ask you about like how difficult it is it for for boxers to suddenly like change weight class because you, you've got boxers entering these championships that have kind of maybe turned left, turned right, maybe trying to get involved. Like Gabriel Dawson's gone up to light heavyweight. Amy Broder has gone up to welterweight, trying to wangle themselves in for Olympic qualification. Kenneth, later in your career, you went up to heavyweight to try and qualify. And Jason, you went down to welterweight. How difficult is it to suddenly try and change what you've been doing comfortably for a few years? Jason, I'll talk to you first. Yeah, so it was um, it was actually very difficult um, for me because when I came on to the when I came on to the high performance, they were molding me into a middleweight. You know, I was coming in from sixty nine kgs uh, European gold medalist at the the youth championships, so they were molding me into a fully fledged middleweight at the time, and I had two or three years of that. You know on my strength and conditioning programs, you know, building myself up, you know, just just bulking myself up into that middleweight division because that was where I was going to end up. And then, obviously, um, I entered that Open Championship. To, that was to be the qualifier for the Olympic Games. And uh, I think O'Neill found an old sick note somewhere for those championships, <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't. He didn't enter. Uh, he didn't enter those ones, so he didn't. So um, that went to like a vote then by the board, and you know Darren served his time and and won all the championships. Had beat me the two three years before that, so he deserved his right to to be there. Um, but then he went and qualified, so I was kind of left in that position where. Do I just take it on the chin or do I try and move down to uh back down, to welterweight, yeah. Yeah, back to, to welterweight. And this was me like after years trying to three, four years trying to bulk myself up and finally getting on that verge of being a fully fledged middleweight. Um but look, it's like anything, if you want something bad enough, you'll make it happen. And you know, it was intense. The the diet and the training was 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 something else for me, you know, to to come down then to that weight again after having three years of just normally maturing from an 18-year-old into a 21, 22, 23-year-old. You were naturally getting bigger anyway. And also on top of that, doing my strength programs and everything, building more muscle. So it was difficult for me. But I have to say, you know, I did make it the weight and it it, it didn't like kill me or I wasn't you know carried to the scales or carried off the scales or anything like that there so it was very difficult but I made it um in a good way and in a healthy way and uh yeah I tried to tried to get into that mix because that was my my only option but you know as soon as that as soon as I did, couldn't get over that hurdle it was straight back up to to middleweight again. William McLaughlin was like a steam train attached attached to a rocket launcher at that stage as well. So but Kenneth like you're looking at Gabriel Dawson stepping up now in weight 
uh, you did it, but it probably happened more naturally for, well, I'm sure it's happened naturally enough for Dos End, but you know, you went from 75 up to, up to light heavyweights. So he's had yeah, to, do was, it, to try and target. Well, 75, 75 was, was, was when I was starting off my senior career, but you know, um, getting into the high performance and training as hard as we were and bulking up, you know, the, the, I was, what was I, I moved to 81 kilos and I felt that more of a natural being at 81. Um, and I felt good at 81, felt strong, you know, and then obviously then getting beat by Joe then all those years later, uh, having to make a choice, you know, be number two at 81 or chance to be armed at 91. And I could never obviously reach 91. The highest I think I got to Kev was 86 and a half, 87. And I didn't feel myself, if you like, in the ring because I felt slow and lethargic and stuff. But went on to have that open competition. I beat the two lads that were at heavyweight, Stephen Ward and McCarthy again. And, um, you know, I got picked for the World Championships at, at heavyweight, but I was never going to do anything at heavyweight, to be honest with you. You know, even at light heavyweight, I wasn't the, the hardest puncher in the world. You know, I was accurate and I was, I was, you know, busy, but I was never a big puncher, knockout merchant. So I was never going to bring power up to heavyweight with me. Um, and you need a decent dig at heavyweight. So it went straight against me. And, I, you know, I couldn't make the, you know, the 91 kilos. You had lads coming out from 95, 96 to 91, getting in the ring. And you could feel the difference. You know, I had a couple of good spars and training camps over there when it was 91 with the Germans and the, and the French. But when you're in with the big boys, I got beat by a Cuban in the World Championships. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't at the races, you know. I just wasn't a heavyweight, simple as that. So I, I think that was my last year in uh, at heavyweight. Then I obviously, did I come back down to light heavyweight? I can't remember. It's been so far. But uh, yeah, it wasn't. It obviously wasn't my weight. And I could feel the difference in, in that jump. And you have to admire, I have to admire the likes of, of Usyk now, the way he's operating. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just... Off the Richter scale, how a man like that can can, but he's just a he's he's just one of a kind, you know. Is it something that uh, like a phenomenal talent like Broadhurst will be able to cope with? Do you think she's come up only from sixty three, but haven't previously come up from sixty? Uh, you know, just as the chess pieces on the uh, move around on the board, up at sixty six, do you think she'll run into a bit, you know, a different it's challenge? Up for grabs now. It's very interesting the moves that these girls have made. You know, I I was thinking she would have went down to sixty, you know, and been a strong sixty kilo and tested Kelly, but. You know, Kelly's very good as well. She, she's shown that. She, she's an exceptional talent. So, look, has she gone the wrong way? Maybe. I don't know. It's a tough one as well. You've good standard up at that weight as well. So, this is going to be a fantastic senior championships. It really is. Because there's so much up for grabs here. Um, and there's girls. And you have to admit it to them. They are taking risks here. They all want to be Olympians. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's great that they're taking the risks. And it's going to be all on the line over the next couple of weeks. And I think that's... You have to admire that. There's no one hiding anywhere. You know? Um, and it'll be all found out in a couple of weeks' time when we have another, I suppose, another load of, of, of senior champions. But they all want to be the Olympian, Kev, which is great. You know, they're not it's avoid, they're not staying in the safe weights. It's probably disappointing to the bean counters that they're not going to get another kind of Egan versus Ward, Harrington versus Broaders. I know they fought previously, but it would have been, imagine, it would have been great to see it this year, Jason. Yeah, it would have been, um, you know, and but the most important thing is the champions are all back in the national champions championships again. Mm. Do you know, we, we had a few years where the champions weren't entering and, you know, there was like, there was like a, B, like a B tournament. Yeah. Do you know, and, and without saying it in, in a negative way, like there was lads winning an elite title that should never have, you know, got that oh. title. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, there was lads winning them that weren't be, then being included in the high performance training camps. Exactly. Like, you know, it was just, we know how amazing the National League Championships are and that's that finals night. Like it's it's such an, an epic night. And the, the national stadium, as Kenny says, like, you know, when it's full to the rafters, 
like there's no environment there's no atmosphere like it it is something very very special and uh, to have that back now to have that even excitement back now of talking about the champions are back in it look at the weights that they're in you know will this one come up against this one and it has really brought the excitement back and the excitement that the national finals and the national championships deserve because that was like winning a winning a senior title was better than going away won the a medal at um multi-nation tournaments like you know like everybody wanted to be the national elite champion and uh, i'm just i'm just delighted to see to see the excitement back in it again and to see all the all the champions faces back in it yeah do you think uh, jason do you think that elite champions should automatically go to major tournaments and qualifiers or do you think maybe fair enough there's a process the the high performance has to go through in order to select um, so this is a question that I've probably been firing around in my own head um as last couple of years because there is fighters that um are more suited to European style of boxing and this kind of stuff. But the way that this the system has gone now is like it's it's 10-9 system now, you know, as last good number of years. It's not the old computer scoring system that some fighters are very good at that and some fighters aren't. Um, whereas now like it's 10-9, 10-8 scoring system. And I believe that if you can get somebody that has the balls and that has the heart and that has that bit and that chip on their shoulder that they can step into the national championships, not avoid them, stand up to the challenge, stand up to the mark and say, I'm here to claim my crown to go to Europeans, world champions. Olympic Games, everything like that. Those are the people that's going to go on and succeed. You know, that's going to give them that drive. And for for a lot of us, and especially for me, you know, when when you became when you became an Irish senior champion, you know, you got an air of confidence about you. You got a you got a lift about you. You know that you had that title that I belong here now. Like you know, I I have this title now that kind of approves me to go away and to do well and to claim medals internationally. So, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Kenneth, um, you were like a, the captain of the team for many years and you did, people would have been coming to you for advice. If uh, there's a lot of, you know, the big names are back in, in this tournament this year, but there's a lot of newcomers still looking to win their first one and kick off a career that they hope to win something like 11 consecutive titles maybe, or certainly go on and get to the Olympic Games and progress as boxers. What would your advice be to... Uh, Entrance this year, who are maybe a little bit inexperienced and go yeah, well, that's that in a second, but just, just go back to the other question you asked about you know team selection and how teams should mm. be selected. Like, I understand like, seeing your titles are very, very important, right? Because it just shows your, your commitment and your discipline outside of the high performance. So, that's important to recognize that when lads go into the senior championships from their clubs, they put the work in, they've done all their homework, and they're representing their club and they're winning a the title. That's brilliant. So I think all senior championships or all senior champions should be allowed first pick, if you like, for international competition at the start of the year, the first quarter, say. But then brought into the high performance then, obviously, then the number ones and twos, they have to be assessed continually because there's no point winning your senior title and then sitting down doing nothing then for the rest of the year. That's no good to you either. Now, there's different appetites for different boxers. So some boxers probably want to be senior, title, senior champion and that's it. That's them happy. And you have to recognize that if that's all they want, that's fair enough. But if someone wants more than just to be a senior champion, wants to go to the Olympics, wants to be a European world world champion medalist or whatever, you have to look at them as well. 
So, you know, people have different different targets in in mind. And it's it's important that they figure that out fairly fast within the year because if you have a lad that got beaten in the senior final but wants to continue improving, is is that the gym first thing in the morning? He's ready to train. You have to recognize that as well. So and you were probably about, you were probably both of those athletes at different stages of your career. At the, at the start, probably you were just a kid who wanted to win it, and that's it. And then relax, yeah. kick back, well, and the then second half is great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; it's amazing. But then you always want more, and I did want more. And obviously, when Zara came into the field and Billy Walsh and the high performance, that was a different kettle of fish altogether. Like you know, but when you're talking about young lads coming in there now and the, the expectation of trying to win a senior title, I, I go back to you know how I I got to my Olympic final was you know just get the draw done. And just look at your first opponent. That's all you need to worry about. Don't worry about how many weighed in, who's a, who's the favourite, who's not the favourite. Focus on your first opponents. Work out a strategy for your first round when the bell rings and take from there. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Simple. Keeping it simple. What do you think boxers, like boxers obviously have a tendency to look ahead in the draw. God, I've got this fella in the quarters. If I win, then at the champion in the semis and then God knows and then the, the anxiety of seniors. Like, so you just reckon straight in and it's it's not a sports science cliche, is it? It's, it, no, it's, it's a genuine like, piece of advice. And you said it there, you know, like to Jason there that had that hard draw when he when he, when he won the, the seniors in 2013, you know, like if he had I took the eye off the ball and focused on one of those boys, you know, he could have got beaten earlier in the competition. But he went out there and he beat one by one and he ended up a senior champion. You know, like, and that's what's important, you know. There's been a lockdown for the last two years and it's been hectic and you know, everyone's doing their own thing in their clubs and stuff. So no one really knows who's in shape and who's, who's on the ball. But the senior, senior championships is a great indicator to see who's, who's committed and who's, who's, who's going to fight for the cause. And what is the cause, Kev? The cause is to be champion of Ireland, to get selected for your, your country, to go out there with a vest on you and represent. That's what it's about. That's why these people are training so hard all year round to win these senior titles because they want to be more than just a senior champion I'd imagine they want to go and represent their, their country they want to go to the training camps and they want to improve continuously improve by being in these different countries and represent Ireland at these bigger competitions Jason what, what advice would you give to uh, a young person young young boy or girl entering maybe the championships for the first time maybe a bit nervous some of the big names like just world champions European medalists galore in here what would you give what advice would you give it's very similar to Kenny's. Like, you know, um, don't be worrying who's in your weight. Like, don't be worrying if they're, they're Olympic medalists, European medalists, whatever. Like, the most important thing is, like, that you show up and you give yourself the best opportunity that you can. You know, you get into that ring, one loser draw, you get in and know that you give it everything. Don't worry about the outcome. Like, do you know what I mean? Don't be worrying about, I hope this goes my way. I hope uh, if I won this fight, I'll meet this person in the next fight. Forget all that stuff. But they have to understand now that this is their opportunity. This is their time. They have to get into these championships and they need to stand up. They need to step up to the mark. And if they want this bad enough, this is their time to show it. This is their time now to show everybody in Ireland, everybody in the high performance, the Irish boxing setup, this is their opportunity now. You go in there uh, with a good, positive attitude, don't be worrying. Don't be getting stressed out about who's in the way at any of that carry on. You get in there with a good positive attitude and you get in there with the attitude that I'm going to step up to the mark. I'm going to give my absolute all and I'm going to show that I'm going to be here and I mean business. And that's that's all you can do. Like, do you know what I mean? you got to get in there. If you've done the training, if you've done the preparation, then there's nothing more to do. You get in there, you enjoy it, take it all out as well. Enjoy it. Have fun when you're there. 
But when you get in through those ropes, you know it's either you or it's that person across the ring for me that's going to end up being selected and going to all these tournaments. And do you want to be the person that's sitting at home, scrolling on your phone, looking at how these people are doing in the European Championships or World Championships? Yeah. Or do you want to be the person yourself that they're looking at, scrolling on their phone? Do you know what I mean? So now's their opportunity. Now's their time. Get in there, enjoy it, and just fucking don't let it go. <laughs> yeah. When you look back, Jason, was one enough? Like, I know you, you worked so hard to get there. Was one enough? Because obviously you did make his, you know, make history elsewhere. First Irishman to make it to the World Championships final and in the same year that you were a European champion. Uh, but you worked so hard to get that, that first elite and then you were professional the following year. So, you know, you left it behind. Like, one title, 10 titles, but you all, you put your, you know, your, your body and soul into it. Yeah, like of course, geez, I would love to. I love to go on one eleven titles in a row. You know, like that's where where that's that's the type of people that we are. You know, um, you're in there and, and you want to be the best. Like, um, obviously for me, I suppose that was like that was never my end goal to win as many. I re, like I looked at the Irish senior title as where where it can get me. Do you know what I mean? Where it can propel me to, and where where can I go from there? Um. So so for me, going and won an Irish um Irish title, that was for my opportunity to get me to European level, to get me to world level, to get me to Olympic level. And obviously, the way like you you can't plan boxing, you can't mm-hmm. can't do out a you can't do out a journey, and this is where I'm going to go, and then I'm going to go there, and then I'm going to go there. Boxing will throw you all over the place and take you back to the start again just as quick as it'll take you to the very top. And that was something for me that I looked at boxing as like whenever I won those Irish seniors, went on, won the European gold and the world silver medal. Um I was in an unbelievable position to to go professional. Um had a lot of had of a lot had a lot of attention. Um, from everywhere, like it really came at me thick and fast because the year before I was number two, and then whenever I go and won all that there, there was the WSB, the best teams in the WSB were looking at me. Tom Ryan, Matchroom, Golden Boy, I had, and the high performance themselves were looking to keep me. So I had so much stuff going on outside the ring at that stage that I wasn't used to whatsoever. Mm. If I would never change anything that has happened in my life. Do you know what I mean? I'm a firm believer. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm at this stage and it has, you know, molded me into the person that I am. Would I have liked to win the Olympic Games? Of course. Would I have liked to win more national senior titles? Of course. You know, these are things that there's a, they're a no-brainer. But the way that my career panned out for me worked out perfect for me. Do you know what I mean? Everything fell into place at the right time and, and at a good at a good time for me. But um, yeah, it was uh, just looking back and talking about it there, like everything really just struck really fast for me that uh, 2013 year. You might as well tell us now that you're on the line with both of us, Jason. Are you gonna bo- are you gonna box on? You've uh, you've been inactive for a while, out of, out of the ring. And did you have plans to return in 2023? This show is not over, boy. This show is not over. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, 100%. Um, yeah, I'll be back in the ring this year. Pro Park. 100%. Yeah, you know what I mean? So there's 
there's the Crow Park thing coming up. I think it's um like be unbelievable. You know, once that gets the green light, hopefully, very, very shortly that'll get the green light. And you know, I have I've boxed with the zone, I've boxed with match room many times, obviously more recently. And my last couple of fights have been all the zone and match room as well. So um it'd be a no-brainer to be on the the Croke Park car. But definitely look, it's it's been over a year now since my last fight. So I would love and I definitely will have a fight before Croke Park as well. So we're just Kenny knows me and a lot of people do know me. I'm always in the gym. I'm always training. I'm never, never out of shape too bad. Like, you know, so um with the head down and we're we're working away and we're gonna get a date, hopefully now, very soon again. And uh, it'd be great to get a fight now before Crow Park if that comes off. And uh yeah, this uh this show's not over. There's another chapter or two left for sure. Great stuff. Kenneth, do you think anyone do you think any Irishman will catch your 10 in a row? Of records, a few have come close, but uh, it's it's still there, it's still intact. I'd love to see it, you know. To be honest with you, I would. But the way things are now with the climate and you know the negativity that amateur boxers get across the world, you know, with, with expulsion from Olympics and stuff, it's hard. It's hard to keep people amateur these days, you know, with the you know with the the the, the carrot on the stick, lads going pro early, uh, I suppose, and going down a different road. So you know, it matches with the way it is and the zone and and. Uh, Queensbury boxes, two hundred to win the world championships. Yeah, it's, it's good money. The amateurs, and I understand that, but you know, it's a hard, it's a, and and ask Jason, he'll agree as well. Amateur boxing is tough at the at the highest level. You're in with the best in the world all year round. You know, the pro game is slightly different. You know, so it's a tough old slog to be number one in your country, and it's a tough old slog then to start winning medals across the world as well in the amateur game. So it's not for everyone. You know, a lot of people do go pro for for different reasons. Um. They probably can't cut it in the amateur scene. They're not mad into the into the setup or the structure. But uh, you know, I'd love to see it being broken. Ten in a row is is a nice, and it's it's like it's it's always going to be there. I'm the only one in any sport in the country that has ten in a row, ten consecutive in any here's, sport. Here's one for you, right? Yeah, you're a you're a great man on the floor as a boxing coach. You learn from the best. I've seen you. I've worked with you, and <laughs> brilliant stuff. You know. Yeah. Why not train someone to beat your own record? <laughs> I wouldn't have the patience. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, yeah. It's a long old slog, isn't it? It is, it is. But now look, think, would it. you like I to train it? Would you like to train an elite champion in the future? Yeah, it is. The, the it is something I look at, of course. Yeah, I do yeah, a bit of coach at the moment. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, like the amateur boxing for me, it's always been for me. You know, pro game. I never, I, I never wanted to be a professional. I always just wanted to be an amateur and a really good amateur. Um, so I, I don't have any regrets of not going pro or anything like that. You know, it's been amateur boxing has been amazing to me. Uh, and I had a great long career, you know, spanning over, what, 13 years. So I've been really, really lucky to have that that, that kind of duration. Well, brilliant stuff, lads. Uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, I want to thank you both for joining me today on the Rocky Road, looking ahead to the uh, the Irish Elite National Championships, or the seniors, as people still call them. Uh, Kenneth Egan, Jason Quigley, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.